on this computer. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am the vet of the crew, your boy Dwight, at 517-2214. Joined again by the brains of the operation, for real, for real. Young SJ at SJ Basketball 8. SJ, how you doing, family? I'm doing okay. Can't complain. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I had a little stomach bug. Had me under the weather. Our uh, our basketball team. I think it's official. We stink. But oh, yeah. we, we called it last week. And they, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I feel good. I, I'm. We're going to get into it later. But this is something I think needed to happen. I'm actually, I know this sounds nuts, but I'm actually happy it's happening. So let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So we'll, you know, we'll do what we normally do. We're at the quarter pole of the season, and uh, we're at the quarter pole of the season. So we're going to touch on some things that you know we've we've seen around the league. Some teams have played like 25 games. Uh, I think we've hit our the Mavericks have hit. Uh, the 21st game so work that's a fourth of the season that's a pretty decent sample size if you look back historically how a team is going to finish is typically told about how they end the, how they started that first 20 to 25 games so um let's get into it and let's let's get into it let's uh let's let's talk about it so sj what have you seen last week that interests you around the league? What 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 caught your eye? What surprised you? Okay, so um, I'm gonna touch on one team, and it's not just last week. It's kind of been a couple weeks. They've been, you know, gaining momentum. We haven't really talked about them too much um recently, but the Wolves. Um, it's been a minute since I watched Wolves games over like the past three weeks but I caught a couple last week they lost to the Nets but before then they were on like a uh, I don't want to make anything up but they were on a win streak of some sorts and they lost the Nets but they didn't have Cat and it was still a very like highly competitive game and they only lost by a couple possessions so um I think they're gaining great momentum and before the season I'm pretty sure we both had the I want to say we both had the wolves wolves in the plane. I had them around the ninth, tenth seed. Um, so as we like to call it here, the lower echelon of playing teams, and they are they're kind of they're chugged right now. I believe I haven't checked the standings a little bit because it's depressing, but um, they're in firmly top ten, and I think I think it's safe to say I don't want to say they're a lock because injuries can happen and all that and things can change. Um, but I like their chances of making the plane and they're, you know, gaining positive momentum. I know they went on that six game losing streak and then Kat was triggered, you know, PTSD. And he was saying some things that were very loserish, I should say. But um, I think they're coming along nicely. Like everyone knows the team has talent. Um, and it's just about them putting it together. And I think I think they're doing that. So um, kudos to the Wolves. So um, I'm happy for them. And another, I have to, you know, it's a compulsion at this point. I got to touch on my calves. Um, <laughs> like, no, legit. Like, it's not even a bit at this point. Like, they're legit my bait. I think, like, for this season alone, I still love the Nuggets. But for this season, they've overtaken 
that spot for my second favorite team in the league that like they legit are I cannot miss a Cavs game like uh, I said um yesterday because we record on Sunday so I said yesterday Saturday they played against um the Wizards and I said I was like oh I'm not gonna watch um I'm not gonna watch the Cavs today I'm gonna watch other teams I watched their game I just couldn't <laughs> help it and they're they're four and oh um this week and they won they blew everybody out like obviously they played the Mavs blew us out um they blew out the Heat they blew out the Wizards and there was one more team in there I think maybe the Thunder I, I, I think they I think they were up 30 in all four of those games yes they were yeah. I think they won I saw the stat um maybe yesterday but they won like all their games last week by a margin of or an average of um 19 points like close to 20 points like they were blowing out teams and they're good like this is when all all their guys are healthy at this point or at least most of their guys obviously except for sexton but they got their um their big three that they have now in garland mobley and allen and i would say mobley he's not shooting the ball well since coming back from his elbow um injury but he's defending like he is a terror out that wizards game I remember this one sequence, him and Allen, I I hope they stay together. I don't think it's a, um like a long-term thing where they're going to spend their entire careers together or anything like that, because um as Mobley, Mobley like bolts up in the future down the line, he'll probably slot over to center. But um that duo defensively is just, it's a terror. I was, there was a possession in the game against the Wizards where, I think it was Beal coming down, coming downhill, trying to get to the rim, blocked by Allen. Wizards got the offensive rebound. They kicked the ball out, spinning around, um, you know, passed it around the perimeter a little bit. I think Beal got the ball back again, tried to go downhill. Mobley comes out of nowhere, blocks the shot. I'm like, you can't do anything. Two seven-footers in the paint, like, really can defend. And Allen, like, he's not even just a rim protector these days. Like, he can switch and hold his own. Like, he's not too bad at, um, I mean, Mobley's a better switch defender, but Allen is not bad. And before, you know, he was primarily a rim protector. So I, I just love the Cavs. I love them. Darius, Darius Garland, he's made his leap and him and Allen. It was just lob after lob. It was like middle pick and roll, lob. <laughs> middle pick and roll, lob. And the Wizards could not defend it. They can't defend it. So um, I, I just like your team. It's a fun team. Um, I think in the future, I, I'm excited to see what they do in the offseason because they can retool and they have a lot of avenues to like get better pieces that fit and they could be like really I'm talking like legit I think they could be like a top five seed next year like legit um because you have Sexton who at this point like he's injured which is unfortunate and he's a bucket getter but at this point he's kind of like an odd man out and he's still a valuable piece at the end of the day like you can still I'm not I'm not saying you're gonna get like a mountain of picks or like a star for him or anything like that but he can get you like good pieces and Laurie marketing like tall ball is cool and all that but he is like let's be serious he's not going to be a starting three guard long term like that's no. just not going to work no. yeah that's not going to work so um to me they're going to prioritize wing depth at this point and get just getting a great starting three like Okoro he's getting more comfortable as the season went on like his offense is still very rough but he's getting a bit more comfortable and if his shot ever comes along he's gonna get paid a lot of money because he can really defend I like him next to Garland um in that role he does need to get the offense a little bit but 
um get it going a bit but for right now I think they need to prioritize like if let's say if the Cavs can swing a um a BI trade mm, that I think they need to be looking at BI or something like it's it's gonna be hard but I think they could do it they need to to get a bucket getter like at the three spot that'd be great for them that'd be great for them like imagine Garland, Okoro, BI, Mobley, and Allen what yeah, seed are you going to Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. Exactly. Because the, the thing is, B.I. isn't like a quote-unquote elite defender, but he's shown he can do it if mm-hmm. in, the, in the right situation. And uh, yeah, that'd be nasty, man. I, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like this this pod has become like, a calves pod, but <laughs> yeah, we uh, I love them. You was you was in on Evan Mobley early. You were before you ever played a game. I gotta give you flowers for that. But to me, when I watch him, like I, maybe I just missed it. When did Jared Allen get this get this bag offensively, bro? He has been building it. Like I like I. It's funny because it's it's always the centers you don't think, especially when we're talking about like the Mavs. So like. Yeah. Every time we're about to face a good center, every you see a bunch of tweets that, oh, so-and-so's going to eat up Dwight Powell or so-and-so's uh, going to kill our bigs. You know, it was Aiden. I remember it was Aiden early. They said Aiden was going to kill us. Dwight held his own. He was actually sunning Aiden, to be honest. But Dwight held his own. Uh, and it was like, oh, Valanchunas is going to kill us. Oh. And everyone held their own against Valanchunas. No one really – I mean – a few people said Jared Allen and Mobley was going to kill us, but really, Jared Allen. <laughs> eight, eight poor Moses Brown up. I felt so bad. Like, y'all know I'm not, like, a huge Moses fan, but I felt so bad for him. He killed him, killed him. And he, it's been building. Like, he doesn't get a lot of opportunities um, offensively other than, like, maybe lobs. And it's just, like, a his situation reminds me of eight and a bit, where, like, in the first, like, half, he's like killing things like it's like they're feeding him they're looking for him on switches and all that and in the second half they kind of go away from it and a lot of the Cavs do that quite a bit and it, it's a bit annoying because it's like you have a play that's like a guaranteed bucket most of the time and if you're going through a scoring drought hey why not go to that play that can get you an easy two points or pretty much a guaranteed two points um so I think they still have that to work on and I think it's coming along but not his offensive game has been growing and they just he's 23 and that's why I thought um when people were killing them for his contract 100 million I'm like first of all this is Jared Allen like I know centers are like especially if you're not like a Jokic or an Embiid or even a cat like if people are hesitant to talk about um what your value is um monetarily um we see with Aiden right now like I think Aiden is a max player is it a slight overpay maybe but at the end of the day what is Phoenix gonna do to replace him like you know what I mean like he's on he's a young center that's on his way to becoming a top center in the league so um who are you looking to are you gonna go cheap like to me the center position go cheap if you if you really have to but if you have a guy that's really good in your lap there is no reason to rush you know to rush him away and get rid of him to, to, to go cheap and that was the Cavs saw that Jared out first of all they got him for peanuts peanuts everyone knows the trade by now oh my gosh it... it's so frustrating that they got him for so cheap like <laughs> it's so frustrating but they got him for cheap and he 
just balling out. That contract was well worth it. He looks to be an all-star. I think he's an all-star right now, especially if he stays healthy. Damn. The all-star game is looking weak a little bit, but he, he's an all-star. I'm excited for him. Fam, um, I, I, we, we, like, are we, I don't, let's, let's talk all NBA. Like, does he not mm. have a shot at that? Does he, um, let, let's, 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 let's talk about it. We got, we got Embiid. He, he's I don't think so. Back. They'll, they'll, they'll put Gobert over him before. So who's the, who's the other two? So Embiid and Jokic and um, Gobert. You, you don't think they? Uh, pull, yeah, they. Nah. Yeah, you. Nah, right. they're not gonna put him. No, nah, they're not gonna. The, the, the thing is, it's a conversation. You're right. It could be a conversation. Definitely, it could be. Yeah, um, if, they, if they finish top four or top five in the East, man, I think, I think it'll be a oh, conversation yeah. between him and Gobert for that last spot. Because you know, you know, voters have fatigue with that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at record because all NBA is usually like rec- like heavily record based. Um, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm thinking because the Jazz are like top three, so that's why I'm like, yeah, they'll probably just slot Gobert in it. But like you said, if they somehow top four, I'm saying if they somehow get a top four seed, if we look at the numbers, I would put Allen in before Gobert because you can't even say defensive impact because Allen is a defensive player of the year candidate right now yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so he, he got that cheat code alongside him, but he putting in the work just as just as good as self. Though I I just yeah. really like Jared Allen. I like the whole story. That was a dude who, if he got like you said, if he didn't get better at all, if he just was like I'm just gonna block shots and catch lobs, he was getting that twenty in, them twenty m's either way, and he got it and got better. And that, you just mm-hmm. salute, you just salute that. So yeah, that. I love everything about the Cavs, and that's just so funny because uh, they can. We can kind of look at them. We'll get into it later, obviously, with the Mavs. But the Cavs were horrible a year ago, and yeah. one good draft pick, and you know that Jared, that Jared Allen fleecing, because I I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Houston could have kept Jared Allen. Um, they could have. They, they could. They, they didn't want to pay him. Yeah, they didn't want to pay him, and they—I guess—they had Tristan Wood, Tristan Wood, Christian Wood, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, I guess they didn't want to keep both, and I guess that that makes sense in theory. But man, Cleveland—they—they—they they, they got a good one. He would—he would change, he would change everything for the Mavs, everything. Oh yeah, everything, and the the opportunity cost to acquire him was was shit, and that just bothers me. It really does. Yeah. And another piece is they had legit internal development because they're an actual young team, <laughs> not like the Mavs' fake young team that, oh, yeah. <laughs> that they've been saying is they're actually young. So Darius Garland took a step up. He took yeah. a step up. Um, I guess Okoro, he's he's like you might not see looking at like stats or anything, but he's slowly taking a step up. Um, Chetty Osman, a guy that was he was like the worst player in the NBA last season. I remember I used to want him so bad. I wanted the Mavs to trade for him, and then he just had the season he had last year. And I'm like, never mind. He's like the worst player ever. <laughs> and then he um he had a bounce back year. Actually, his best season, if I'm not mistaken, because they played. They've talked about it that they he's playing a consistent role this year. Like last season it was his minutes were like up and down and he was never comfortable and now it's like they tell him okay hey you're gonna come off the bench you're gonna be kind of a 
co-six men along with Rubio and you know you're gonna do this and he responded really well and Rubio we can't talk enough about Rubio like he's just how he sets guys up like the Cavs all, all almost always have a playmaker on the floor um with um Garland and Rubio so I just like how they're doing things like I said they need to work on maybe getting better bench pieces and working on the wing depth but they're they're on their way so kudos to them yeah we'll give them give them my flowers we uh yeah we, I, i'm pretty sure i said are they even trying to win and shows what i know shows what i know. yeah we had the, I, we had them at the bottom of the conference so yeah we were dead wrong having <laughs> mobley becoming like one of the best defensive rookies in the league since kg is is there were some people that were saying it. I, I don't watch the drafts. So I don't care. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I got two little boys. I don't watch college basketball. Everything I learned <laughs> about draft preparation, I learned from the timeline. So I saw it on the timeline. I'm just like, man, that seems like a rough thing to ask a kid to go to Cleveland and be like a center and be guarding wings in space. But a lot of people were saying it, it was it, there was you and there were a couple of people on the timeline like, nah, man, he can he can do that. And boy, can he boy, can nah, he moves, he glides on the court, bro. Like even like even with his shot not falling, bro, like it's really just his shot not falling and him just being a little too slight in his frame. But like he's going to like offensively how he moves. Like I saw who was on him oh, in the Wizards game. I forgot who was on him, but it was like a shorter dude. I think it might have been. Beal maybe I don't know but it was a shorter dude on him he was at the he was in the corner at the three-point line he caught the ball at the three-point line in the corner and he just caught the ball did a little pump fake put the ball on the floor did a little spin fade away <laughs> right in the mid-range I was like are you gonna see and it was cash by the way it was cash like, do people do people understand what they're watching in this guy like the way he moves defensively, the way he moves offensively, like it's if, if he puts it together, because there's no guarantee. I know um we all talk about potential, and there's a lot of guys like from their rookie seasons you thought they were gonna be like the the superstar and they, it never pans out that way. But if he puts everything together, that's I we're looking at like a top five player, maybe even the best player in the league one day. So it's 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 scary. That's a bold statement, but I don't think it's like I don't think it's that nuts. I really don't. It's not that it's, nuts. Think especially about... the way the league is trending. Especially exactly. how important it is that you have a big that can play defense. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, we'll talk about it. And he could make. And he could play make. <laughs> that's yeah. what, I think that's what people are, that's the piece that doesn't get brought up as much when people talk about, you know, his offense, how he could hit these smooth jumpers or, you know, his defense, how he could switch, um, block shots, all that. They don't talk about his playmaking. That's another big strength. Like he could work out in the high post. Um, he could really pass the ball. So just he's he's a unicorn. He's a he's a unicorn. That's that might not be fraudulent. You know how I feel about those unicorn players, but I'm I'm high. I'm high on this one. So um yeah, but yeah, that's enough for the Cavs. We we, we always right. do it. We, we do it, we do it. Um the team that's been trending up. Man, because uh, I was hoping they kept stinking. They won four straight for me as the Spurs. Mm. Um, I'm actually, like, they beat Golden State last night. Lightweight beat the brakes off of them. And that's just pop being pop. But they actually got a lot of solid young pieces. I was surprised they came out as bad as they did. And 
I'm, you know, where the Mavs are at, I'm trying to see these bad teams that have pieces that we can acquire, we could overpay for their assets. And I, this is the thing, I don't think Pop is going to blow it up as long as they got a shot at being competitive. I don't think they're going to dump players at the deadline. So um, they've been doing it the right way. They've been playing well. I've been impressed. It's the same Pop shit. Shout out to Kelvin Johnson. I feel like he would really 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 help us out hell anybody, well, yeah all of them would let's 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 be honest everyone in a starting five would help us out even y- Jakob Pertle give me Derek oh, White, yeah. give me DeJounte Murray give me they like all of them would would change our fortunes quite a bit so we'll see we'll see we'll see it'll it'll be really really interesting how that plays out um I don't like having to root for other teams to be bad for my team to win, but uh, that's where I'm at with San Antonio. And and they've they've run on four straight. They're doing their thing. Salute to them guys. Yeah, DeJounte Murray is is someone that is is not getting a lot of talk um, and discourse, but he's probably, he's a sleeper in my my opinion right now. He's been so good. And I mean, it's, it's, you would have expected that he'd be, you know, at least better counting stats wise because you know DeRozan's not there anymore. So mm-hmm. of course he has the ball more and he can um do more things on the ball. But I did not expect he's averaging like a damn near triple double. Like yeah. there's no way. Yeah. There's no, yeah. He's at like I believe he's at like 19, the eight nine, and eight. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and if you round up crazy. it's like nineteen nine and eight. So it's, it's yeah legit. it's just, he's crazy. It's legit. Yeah. So I'm happy for him um, that he, he and granted, like you said, the team's like on a win streak. And I believe his stats over the last, over this win streak, he's up to like 23, 10, and like nine. So, so like he's, he's hooping. So good. Yeah. Kudos to him. Yeah. And what's crazy is he's on like a good deal. I think he's going to be a free oh, agent. Yeah. Um, no, nah, he's still got two. Oh, wow. He's still got two more years on that deal. That's a, that's a steal. That's a steal. Yep. Like he, he, he's not a quote unquote superstar, but Buddy makes what sixteen and seventeen million next two years. He's making fifteen this year. Like when you look at value per production, especially at what he's good at. Yeah, he's all playing that. Yeah, that that's a steal. If he just was a free agent this whole season, that's twenty five m's. Yeah. Easy, easy. Um. Okay, so we, because we're at the quarter pole season, you know, we try not to do the hot takes on here, but I feel like me and SJ have kind of been like holding on to our, our hot takes. We, we might talk about them on the timeline or we might talk amongst each other about them before we hit record, but we never put them out there because we, I don't, I don't like the clickbait. Uh, you said this, you just said this to get engagement, but there are some things we've had on our chest that we want to get off. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to the homie yesterday. I'm going to let you go first. Based on what you've seen through uh, a fourth of this NBA season or a little over a fourth of this NBA season, what is your biggest hot take that you truly believe or has a very good chance of being true about any random NBA thing? Okay, so... Um... My hot take is that, and it's about a team we kind of just talked about, but the Cavs will make the second round of the playoffs. I'm sorry, but it's true. I don't care. 
at me. <laughs> but the Cavs will make the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm gonna see why you didn't tell me about this in advance. That that was a that you won line when you was like, I want to surprise you on the air. Yeah, that's fam. They went in a series. They are winning a series and they are making it to the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know why that is so shocking to me. I, I had something totally different in mind. You were going to say. <laughs> And that 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 kind of caught me off guard. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm not gonna hold you. I guess I, I upset somebody's favorite team. I mean, they could beat the Wizards in the four or five. I could definitely see that. They upset uh, somebody's favorite team. I'm telling you, they they clean okay, the Hawks. Okay. They clean the Wizards, Hawks, or yeah, Celtics. Yeah. Or yeah. Knicks. Oh yeah. They clear one of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know when you put it that way, you know what, you know what, Queen, I'm not even gonna hold you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna argue with you. I, I, I like that energy. Um, there's, there's always one team every year, like, or maybe <laughs> not every year, but there's always that one team that just does a surprise upset that you're like, oh my goodness, you know, like last season it was like the Hawks or Philly and you know, stuff like that. So I, I think the Cavs could do it again this year. Dude, you're, you're right. Like, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You think you? Oof. <laughs> yeah, I, I, ooh, you, you, wow, you got me out here stuttering on, stuttering on the mic. Um, <laughs> it, it actually makes sense when you really think of it, think of it that way. And you think about the way they would potentially match up with other teams. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I have mine, and I, I don't know if this. I'll be honest. I'm a little disappointed with it, but because it's something I felt for a while. It started last year, well, actually two years ago, when we were discussing, you know, everything for me, I love the NBA, but I'm always focused on the Mavs. So I started really digging into this player, what, probably two years ago, because he was a pending free agent and he wasn't happy, allegedly. And it was Zach Levine. And my belief is Zach Levine is the best two guard in the NBA. He's better than Bradley Beal. I think he may be he's better. better than Devin Booker. He's better than Devin Booker. I think he's better than him. I know you disagree, but I just think I think that he scores at such. He's just. It's not an opinion. It's just an objective statement of fact. He's more efficient scoring the basketball than Devin Booker. Like he's wet from yeah, three. Yeah, sure. Devin mm -hmm. Booker is acceptable from three. And mm -hmm. like there, there's a different, and I, I watch the way he, he scores. Like it's not dribble, dribble, step back. Like you can run pin downs for him. You can treat him like you can, you can run just the, the pure shooter uh, sets for him, or you can just throw him the ball and say, Hey man, go give me a, go give me a bucket, beloved. However you want that man to score the ball, he's giving it to you. And there's something else that I appreciate about him. I remember, uh, Man, I ain't gonna add the man, but there was there's someone who has a very prominent uh, Mavs podcast, and he I, he he brought up. I said he was better than Brad Bill last year, uh, or it was a conversation. This was even why Brad Bill was leading the team, leading the league in scoring. I was like, I don't, th I think he's they're comparable players at this point. And that person brought up defense, and that was just like what. They brought up defense is the reason why Brad Bill was better than than, than uh, uh, 
She's Zach Levine. And it's funny because they both were on the Olympic team. And guess who got mm-hmm. the toughest defensive assignments? If it wasn't Drew Holiday, they sent Zach Levine's light-skinned ass out there to lock people up. And he was good at it. And it's it's one of those things as we talk about, like, when it comes to the Mavs and Luka, and we kill Luka for his defense. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some rants here in, in a little bit about Luka's defense. But this is why you don't ask, you can't ask a player. It's so rare. It's so rare you ask a young player, hey, you got to go give me buckets and lock up every every night. You have to go get other dudes who can score buckets so that dude can burn that energy playing defense. I know LeBron did it. I, I know Michael Jordan did it. I know Kobe did it. And I don't even think it's fair to put Kobe in that box because when Shaq left, Kobe kind of stopped playing defense all game like he did when he had Shaq, if we're keeping it tall. But I, I just I just love the evolution of him and watching this game. I enjoy them winning. You look, I, I'm it's, it's on record. I didn't think they'd be as good as they were, but I'm so happy to be wrong because I love every single player on their team. I love players that get better after they get the bag. I love players that say I'm not going to rest on my laurels and I'm just going to be okay. If Zach Levine got no better from the player he was two years ago, he still was going to be a very rich man and make a whole lot of money. And he kept getting better in every single way in the ways that lead to winning a championship and to see this evolution for him. I'm here for it. I love it. I think he's the best two guard in the NBA. I think he could be the best score. I think he could be the number one option on the championship team. That mm-hmm. in and of itself is a bold statement, but I just yeah, very bold statement. I I just don't see how you really slow him down. I don't see what you really do to say, hey, we can force him to do something and feel okay about it. I just I don't see it. I just don't see it. I, well, I, I have that answer for you, and it's why I think. Booker is better than him because I know we okay. Is Zach Levine a more efficient scorer? Of course, of course he is. He's better at the three ball. He's even better. Um, I know mid range is book shot, but he's just Zach Levine. I think he's more efficient around the rim and he can hit the mid. So yeah, he's more efficient. But to really say he's such a like a better scorer and it's not like really close. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that because we've seen. Oh no no. It's not. I don't know. Don't, don't get it twisted. I don't think it's like night day. I just, I'm giving the edge to Zach. No, I, it's it's not a, it's not close situation. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, um, but we've seen Book put up like 70. You know, we've seen Book have like high scoring games. Like I, I think, um, and I think Book also scores in a variety of ways too. I've seen Book, you know, score. You can run, Um, he's good at catch and shoot. Like the problem with Book's um, three point shot is really his pull-ups and his off the dribble threes he's not great at that Zach is great at that but um book's not really that great at that catch and shoot book's really fine like he's actually a really good catch and shoot um shooter so you can run book off like pin downs and all that too um so to me scoring if you want to give the slight edge to Zach fine for efficiency fine but to me that's a bit of a wash um defense um book has been I think book has been a little bit better on him back since last season because the same thing you said about Zach that he's pressured kind of often to do everything on the court so he can be a better defender so um but even then I don't think any of them are game changers on that side of the ball so I have that as a wash um now when we get into the nitty-gritties 
but it's a that, wash. That is it's, not it's a, a wash. I know it's as... defensive stats are hard to tease apart, but from the eye test, um, I think Booker has even been better than him. Like if I had to pick one, I think Booker has been better than him on defense. Um, but to me, when comparing defense like that, if you're not like none of them are game changers, like none of them are game changers on that end. Like they're really not. So I'm I I I that's why I have it as a wash because it's not like Book's getting the important stop or Zach is getting like the uber important stop. Like they're not doing that. None of them are guarding the best players on you know the opposing side. So I'm not gonna get too caught up in defense um but where the edge where I give the edge is playmaking and book is it's it's that is not even really close <laughs> like book is a miles better playmaker and that's where you can slow Zach Levine down if you make him a passer it's it's mm, it, that's how um what game was it the Bulls played against oh who was it they had like a huge lead and they blew and they lost the game uh, who was it? Do you do you remember the game I'm talking about? The Bulls played and um they had like a huge lead and they blew like they blew the game. Yeah, I remember because, the game because we was on the timeline that night, but I, I yeah. it, it was the and team it was wasn't because even that good Zach Levine. Was it? Was it the Pacers exactly. or something like that? I, it was it was something. It was something I think mid. it was the Pacers. Oh, actually, I don't it was, it was it was a mid pack team. Yeah, it was a bad team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they blew the game because Zach Levine kept turning the ball over. They made him a passer, and it was just turnover after turnover after turnover. And that's a weakness in his game to me. Like, granted, Book has weaknesses too, but, like, to me, if you're going to be, like, a number one, like, guy on a championship team, your playmaking has to be a bit better than that. Um, so that's where, to me, Zach can grow his game. But with that being said, he's number two for me. It's Book and Zach to me as the two best two guards, and then Beal. So Beal dropped, dropped like he's third. But um, yeah, it's it's to me it's Book, then Zach, then Beal. But that is a hot take about Levine. <laughs> hey, hey you know what? Happy. I don't care. I'm 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 on my I'm on my guy. I'm on my. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, on yeah. my guy. I I feel uh, I I feel like. It is some bias in there, but I actually really, really believe that it is biased. But obviously, this is the hot take section, so that's going to come into play. But I really, yeah. truly believe, like, Buddy is ready. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's because fair. I because I always look at it when I look at players. I match physical prime with trend and getting better, and it's like, okay, he's ready to make that leap now. With all that being said, I do believe Book is like two years younger than him. I think Book is only yeah. like a year and a half older than Luca. <laughs> we forget how young Book is sometimes. So Book yeah, can definitely he came in get, the league really young. Yeah, Book is uh, Book can definitely get there. But I also, in my mind, I go Zach's just a big, Zach is also the I guess the force multiplier for why I think Zach A is the best. When, when it comes to like defense and when it comes to can I this guy be stopped he's just bigger and a better athlete than all the other people he's competing with and I think when the money gets on the line that's going to come into play I think you saw that uh with book he he had problems with that in the playoffs at time and I don't think Zach is going to Zach's never been to the playoffs, though. Like, you don't know how he's going to perform. That is very, very true. This is why it's a hot take. 
But that $20 million a dollar, $20 million a dollar, $20 million a year range, like, hey, fam, you, you kind of got to, you got to give us a fighting chance on nights like that with your play. I'm not saying you got to go drop 30 and 10, but, you know, you got to at least give me what you gave me against Phoenix, right? And I know he folded up in the fourth quarter against Phoenix, but he was a productive player. Like, he had, uh, you know, he, he, he had the Bridges experience, but he still was productive against Phoenix. And he, uh, against last night, against Memphis, he, he just wasn't. He's inefficient. And I think Jalen's going to be here no matter what. Uh, if you go back to Tim Cato's athletic article, you know, I've been saying these things, but I'm just a hell. I'm a dude with two kids that just like basketball. Go read Tim Cato and uh, Danny LaRue's article. There's really only four teams that can still realistically steal Jalen. It's Memphis, and why on God's green earth would Memphis tie up free agent money and Jalen Brunson when they they have? SJ, do you think they have three guards better than him? Ja, um, Brooks. I mean, Tyus Jones. I don't know if they're gonna want to spend that much money on backup guard. Tyus Jones is relatively cheap and yeah. okay. Yeah, that, but the, the point I'm trying and to Melton's make. Melton's really good, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they're not like you. You can make the argument if Jalen is better than Ty Jones, D'Anthony Melton. Either way it goes, those dudes are cheap, and they're not gonna cost yeah. what Jalen is. Jalen don't fix any problems for them. The point I'm trying to make. Oh so. yeah. So he's not going to Memphis. San Antonio, maybe, maybe theoretically, but nah, I, I can't see that either because they have everybody, they have their backcourt under contract. Mm -hmm. um, so why would they go spend money on another guard? Um, then we got the team that I actually think, that I actually think is the biggest threat. I think the Pistons and... I mean, I could see that because I do think he would fit next, next, nicely next to Cade, and they got they have so much money they got to spend it on somebody, and they he's definitely gonna start up there if they realize Killian stinks. But Killian been playing a little better lately, somewhat. So maybe they want to give that experiment one more shot. I don't know. The point I'm trying to make with all this is Jalen ain't going nowhere, y'all. So we need to just come to grips with he's going to be here. Uh, next season now he may be part of a trade package later on down the road which could be very possible but i think jalen will be a maverick this year i think jalen will be a maverick uh at least through half of next season as well and i think games like last night just you know he had me excited i was i was loving him but i don't know man to me if you're going to be the second ball handler second scoring option on the team you 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 got to do better than what he did last night. He was dead ass turning the ball over and whatnot. So I don't know. What, what is your opinion? I don't want to go on this long whiny rant because I don't think nobody will hear that. We all pissed. We all saw what we saw. Well, um, huh. so my opinion on the maps, I don't, I'm not going to go too far on the team. I feel like last week you talked about the team and how it was mid. This was even before the um outlier like shooting game. And this is still after, like, we're mid, we're mid. Like, there's no point in wasting oxygen to say the same thing over and over again. 
Um, however, um, I just like first of all, to your point about Brunson, he's not he's not a twenty million dollar man. Like, even when he was playing well, he was never a twenty million dollar man. So everyone who thought that could get that idea out their heads, like that was just never gonna happen. So that's that. And two, um, the team, I think. I think things would just be or would have been just so much better if the team, and I said this last week too, if the team just didn't have expectations. And my thing is, I am okay. I, I have no problem with being patient if patience was always the number one goal and priority. And what I mean by that is you can't say, oh, Luca's like in his fourth year, you can't expect him to like, contender or whatever um be patient you can't say that when the front office or cuban i know we've changed front offices so you know the point might be a bit mute or i mean moot but um cuban's still in charge and um he first during luca's rookie year one of the first things you know he did and the front office did was grab kp you know got their draft assets to get a win or to make a win now move so to me, you can't make moves like that and then preach patience. That does not work. Um, you can't say the goal is to, you know, make it out the first round and all that and then preach um, patience. Like, to me, your words and your actions should match up. So with that being said, seeing how they've been talking, um, everyone's expecting them to be better than they are. So um, it's, just, it's just a whole mess um Desmond Bain demolished them in his post-game press and I'm like it was so embarrassing I'm like are they not embarrassed like no like legit like I know us as fans were embarrassed but like look at the org like are they really not embarrassed like we just have mad people just talking spicy about the org impressors like you have Jay Crowder I don't know what we ever did to Jay Crowder but Jay Crowder doesn't like us for some reason and he makes it a point to, to make that dog, known or dog, whatever. Dog, this is, for me, Jay Crowder was when I was like, man, are we sure Rick Carlisle is still this, the greatest coach of all time? Like, Jay Crowder left and immediately got better, like right away. That's a side note because Jay Crowder has somewhat been up and down. I do think Mass fans somewhat overrate him, but it's obviously he took extraordinarily personal how he was treated by Rick Carlisle when he was here. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah, he, he don't like us. So he makes that a point. You had Seth Curry talking about, oh, they made a bad business decision. You got Desmond Bain talking about, oh, they picked a dude that can't even play. And you know what I mean? Like, that's embarrassing. That is so embarrassing. And I'm like, y'all gotta be embarrassed. Like, first of all, Josh Green, poor kid. I hope he's staying away from social media because he's catching all types of strays. And that's, that's a tough comment to hear. Um, especially from a peer, somebody who is in your draft class saying that, hey, I just dropped 30 and you can't come off the bench. Like, that's tough. You got zero minutes. That's like, <laughs> you that's got so... a DMP and I dropped 30. So, yeah, that's it's so, so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful, but it's true. He didn't tell one lie. So, I mean, that's good on that part. But um, just, just the whole org, it's, it's so... It's just so depressing because, you know, you all dating back from two years ago, since the, you know, when the KP trade was made, you just heard, oh, Dallas has like such a bright future and all that. And you're looking into the future and it's looking bleak and it's so sad. And I want to, 
I want to say this. Um, I've been looking for the right words to say it, and I do not want to tweet it, um, especially if I didn't have the right words, just because I've, I've said it before, but I have like a lot of, um, not a lot, but I have a few mutuals who aren't, you know, who aren't like huge Luca fans. And I don't want to tweet something like that's not eerily like greatly positive about him. And then they quote it to their like Luca, like their legit Luca hating, like, you know, mutuals. And I don't want it to become, I don't want my words to become a cesspool of Luca hate, especially when that's not what I mean. Okay. So, so I, certain things I don't want to tweet, but um, I want to say this. Um, it's, it's becoming concerning seeing people or seeing fans, especially Mavs fans, get conditioned to try to like accept terrible habits, like just bad habits. And it, it's happening. Like the amount of excuses that I see for Luca is crazy. And one, can you cut him some slack over certain things? Of course, you know, he's a, he's a young player. He's a good young player. You know, there's certain things that, yeah, you can have a bad game every once in a while and all that. But certain things that are such like, I would say red flags that people are just accepting just because and I'm like you don't have to accept that and you not accepting it doesn't mean that you don't like him or you're ungrateful or anything like and Luca's my favorite player in the league love him to death he's my guy like he's the favorite the Mavs are my favorite team Luca's my favorite player in the league but at the same time I can call him out on things and still have all that you know love for him it's, it's no issue but I just first of all we have to talk about the defense we just have to start there and every time and the reason why it's so alarming is because if he gets a stop or like if you know if he plays good defense you see all these clips up and down the timeline see I told y'all he's a good defender see everyone who says he's a bad defender there's a lot of victory lapping so no 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 there's there's been a lot in the Mavs content creator space where the phrase, if you still think Luca is a bad defender, you don't know ball. Like that's been said a lot. And yeah. he's just not a disaster on ball like he used to be. But you still, if his, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut your rant off, but I, there's a point uh-huh. I want to make that the gambler brought up on another pod about Luca's off, off the ball defense. Finish, finish your take, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I'm, I'll probably, I mean, I haven't listened, but what I'll say probably will be on point with what you want to say anyway, too. But, like, he, like, first of all, that phrase that you just said is wrong. It's wrong. He, he's, a, he's a horrible defender. He's, he's a bad defender right now. And if you're talking about, like, on-ball defense, fine, it's not as bad as it once was. But if you look at where they put Luca, he spends – literally most of the game off the ball um when it comes on to defense they're putting him on like the worst shooter on the court most of the time therefore you're spending most of your possession defensive possessions off the ball if you're a horrendous off the ball defender you cannot be a good you cannot be classified as a good defender you just can't like it does not make any sense so he hurts the team in that way like a lot of people say oh Luca is dragging the team he's doing this he's doing that yeah that's true but he also it's it's time to be just real about certain things he also hurts the team in other ways and one of those big ways to me the biggest one is the defense like come on bro like you like just be honest like it's fine to be honest you can count 
it's a he gives up like a million points a game on corner shooting like corner three pointers like it's fresh like that pelicans game was so frustrating bro like the second one out of the second one yes. was just so frustrating bro he first of all you're not fast enough you don't have the foot speed that's fine that's a physical you know limitation but that's fine so why are you all the way in the paint when you're supposed to be guarding the corner he's thinking about rebounds he's thinking about getting the ball and going back in offense <laughs> the basketball is two sides basketball you gotta play defense too that, he gives Kev- up- that kevin love shit Exactly. Kevin Love did that shit in Minnesota for years, and people would bring up his his counting stats of how many rebounds he would get. I'm like, he's a fucking detriment defensively because he's doing that. Exactly. So he's in the paint waiting for a rebound instead of guarding the corner. And like I noticed that I knew it was gonna be a huge problem this year in those first like those Spurs games. Fucking Devin Vassell had his career highs in like both games because who was on him? Luca. Luca was not guarding him. <laughs> like, might as well no one was on him. He got corner three after corner three after corner three. And it's not even just that. Like, even his on-ball defense has gotten better, but it's still not great because, one, like I said, he doesn't have the foot speed. So if he gets beat, he doesn't care. He's like, okay, I got beat. Oh, well. Like, I try to recover. That's one thing. Last year, that's one thing I noticed with him. If he got beat, he recovered last year. Like, he at least tried to recover. I remember the game in Charlotte last year. Don't ask me how I remember it, but <laughs> I just remember um, it was one of the first or the second Charlotte game we played. Um, And he was guarding Hayward and Hayward was, you know, doing the moves. He got beat and he recovered, got a block from behind on Hayward. Like he was making plays like that. Now it's like, oh, if he gets beat, oh, well, our bigs who can't really do anything in the paint, they'll figure it out. Like you, you can't do that. It's hurting the team. So, yes, he drags the team and carries the team, but he also hurts the team in this way. And that's kind of a part of a big picture when it's like, you got to be serious about his ceiling because, and I say this, I'm trying to say this carefully because, one, a lot of Mavs fans, even outsiders, you hear them talk about, um, you know, GOAT trajectory and how he's... um, you know on pace to be one of the greatest of all times and all that and I'm like sure okay but with that there are certain expectations and standards that come with it so as a fan if you think he he's on pace or he can be one of the greatest ever you can't say that and at the same time try to make excuses for poor play that can't work you got to hold him to a standard so it's either you don't have him at that standard and you can make all the excuses you want or you hold him to that standard and do not make excuses for him. It's, it can't be just either or at this point. And to me, the reason why I, I am a bit worried about all those expectations because it's getting a bit, it's, it's getting a little less likely <laughs> um, that those things will happen and defense is a big part of it. Like I don't like, to me, outliers are few and far between i've said this before but outliers are few few and far between and you got to look at the history of the league and patterns like that's that's just what you have to do and if you look at the top like 15 players how many players aren't like two-way threats how many you could say um like steph curry right um but steph curry is first of all he he wasn't like in his later years, in his, especially his later championship years, Steph wasn't a liability, like on or off the ball. You know what I mean? He wasn't a liability. No. And two, 
he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. Like he is an outlier in his in himself. You know what I'm saying? So other than what Steph Curry, everyone else is a two way threat. And people saying, oh well, he has to do everything, so he doesn't have the energy. I'm so sorry, but he's not the only person in history to to have to do this. And yeah, you can say maybe at this age, sure. But LeBron, granted, it's an unfair. Um, comparison because LeBron is if you're thinking about goats it's three of them MJ LeBron and Kareem so I, I understand it's a very kind of unfair comparison to compare him to LeBron but LeBron had to do it and he did it you know what I'm saying like he did it and it's this my final point about this is I've seen people say oh maybe he just quit on the team because the roster stinks first of all yeah, first of all, I don't think that's true. But if it is true, that is horrible. That is a and some of y'all accepting that and saying I would too. That's horrible. I am so sorry, but that's just that's just a horrible quality to have. Because first of all, you're in your fourth year. You are in your fourth year, and it's well documented. It's well documented by several sources that Luca's not interested in telling the front office or trying to insert himself to make front office moves. So if you and I know people will say, oh, that's not his job. The front office should do, that's not his job. Sure. But the history of the league tells you that stars, especially superstars, which Luca is a superstar, they work in concert with their front office to make roster decisions. And if you don't want to do that, then you cannot talk about quitting on the team because you don't like what the roster is. I do not care. People talk about how the Hawks have done a great job building around Trey Young. Let me ask you, Dwight, do you know how that um Hawks like kind of roster came to be besides them just having money to spend? Do you know? He, he basically started bitching that they yes, exactly. he bitched exactly. publicly. He, there's quotes. There's fucking it was quotes. Publicly, privately, it was privately he went to the front office and said, hey, I'm okay a, with dog, what you did. Dog, they had an athletic article mid-season. Exactly. He went to the front office and said, hey, second year player, mind you, Trey Young, a second year player, went to his front office and said, I am not okay with this roster you put around me. They said, okay, bet. And next season, they spent all their money. So yes, um, the Hawks did a great job or a good job putting good pieces around Trey, but he was a catalyst in that. If Luca doesn't want to do that, then he cannot complain about um, quitting ungranted. This is all hypothetical because this is just people assuming that he did. And again, I don't think that he has quit on the team or anything. I don't think so. But I'm just going along with with it if he did. So you can't do that. And two, um, first of all, everyone's complaining about Dwight Powell's starting and all that. Luca, do do y'all forget who wanted him starting? That three-man council that Luca is assuredly a part of? Yeah, he wanted him as a starter. So yeah, you guys talking about what the Mavs did to him and all that. He's doing it to himself too. He's doing it to himself too at the end of the day. So no, he did not quit on the team. And if he did, that's horrible. And we might need to really talk about like him. Like we really need to have a discussion then if that's the case, because come on, man. And I know um, people thinking he has to be like, you know, perfect every game to win, but that's the nature of the roster. And everyone, if you haven't learned this by now, you have just been naive. I said this last year, and I bring I bring this up basically every pod now. But like every week that goes by, just shows that I'm right, and more people keep saying it. And I really fell on the sword. I fell on the sword with that take, and that's fine. 
but it was obvious. It was clear as day with the roster, how it currently is constructed. Luca has to be perfect. And that starts, especially with his conditioning. And he's not, at least that's one thing I, I think everyone can agree on that he's not in the best shape. I think everyone can agree on that. But, you know, some people make excuses saying, oh, it's like last year he was caught off guard, Olympics this and that and the third. You can make excuses all you want, but you're a professional athlete at the end of the day. And is Luca like some, like for an average person, Luca's like, if we keep, keep it about keep Luca's not like that or anything like that. Like for the average person, before a professional basketball player, no, you are not in shape. And it's very telling, like, when he has, like, if he's hot from, like, when he has a hot first half, I, I'm not even worried. Like, I get worried for the second half because I know I'm like, he's going to run out of gas. And more often than not, he runs out of gas. So it's like, he has a lot of flaws right now that are hurting the team. Like, whether you guys want to admit it or not, as much as his, granted, his good outweighs the bad at this point. We all can also agree on that. His good is outweighing the bad. And he is helping the team more than he's harming the team, but he is harming the team and we cannot ignore that. And I promise you, not ignoring it doesn't make you any less of a fan or it makes you ungrateful or anything of the sort. It's just you being real about the situation. That's, and we can just be real here. Let's just be real. That's such a wild take that if you criticize Luca in any way, you're ungrateful to have him on your basketball team. The type of sycophantic, like, want better for yourself in life please 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 he's a professional basketball player that signed a 200 million dollar contract it's okay to expect him not to have the body of a 38 year old father of two i'm sorry luca luca and me should have similar body compositions like we just shouldn't sorry and i'm not in good shape so, and I'm damn sure not a professional athlete. So he shouldn't, he should, he should look, he should look different. And I, I even tried to give him a pass. I was like, well, Carmelo had that same type of body. Well, Carmelo had that same type of body. Then when he got old, he had to get in shape and now he ain't got it no more. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like he just never was in shape. I mean, Luca just has to get in shape, bro. He does. He does. He really does. Exactly. And it's people trying to fake like it's not a problem it is a problem like uh, you see so many tweets oh yeah lucas fat but he's gonna drop a 30 point triple double ha 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 like it's not it's not really funny <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. like yeah he could do that once in a while but like it's like come on bro like really like let's just be real about certain things like it's a problem it's a problem yeah. and like i said consistency was one of his big strengths and that's just not there this, this season. And you can point to his conditioning being a big part of that. A big part of that. Like, especially with the new rules, like, you're going to expend a lot more energy because you're getting beat up a lot more, um, you know, with, especially with no calls, no breaks, no free throw line breaks. Um, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, calls are being, like, it's so conditioning. It's just a huge part of um, just what he needs to do. And granted like I said I'm my favorite guy in the league my favorite player in the league I believe he's going to get it together like me saying all this doesn't mean that this is what it's going to be forever and he's never going to change I think that's another thing that people think just because I say something right in the moment is doesn't mean I believe it's going to stay this stagnant and it won't change like I believe he will get it together like 
I hope sooner rather than later because if you look at like a Jokic or an Embiid, like they kind of waited to their prime, like till they're like, you know, 26, 27 to really take their fitness seriously. And you see what it did for their games. Jokic got in shape and immediately won MVP, like, <laughs> like immediately. And it was not a coincidence. Like he got in shape, expended more energy and started scoring 25 a night. And this wasn't even because Jamal was out. Like he was scoring 25 since the beginning of yeah, I think he was even at 28, like 28 to start last year when Jamal was playing. So he it did won his first game. Same thing with Embiid. Embiid got in shape. Granted, he was out of shape and scoring 27. Embiid got in shape, started scoring 30. <laughs> so like it's it's a thing. It's a thing. So I hope he doesn't like, like I said, wait until he's like in his prime. I hope he really as soon as next season. But that's the thing. Conditioning is gonna take a bit of time. So um I just hope he thinks about that sooner or later because this is it's it's I just don't like exactly what I'm seeing and to me you can't like make excuses for the bad games in the same way that you cheer for the good games. so like like you said that Pelicans game where we just had that outlier shooting night he came out with great energy game after that he came out with low energy and we saw how that went like the team everything starts and ends with him on the team and you can talk about how unfair it is whatever but he's a superstar and y'all are thinking he's gonna be a top 15 player ever this is the standard this is the standard you can't have it both ways you can't be asking for him to get cut like i'm so much slack while still having these expectations for him it does not work like that so you're going to have to either pick one. Either you're going to cut him some slack and just think he's going to be a, a great player, but not like a transcendent player. That's fine, too. If you want to do that, go ahead. But if you think he's going to be some transcendent player, then you cannot be cutting him all the slack. You just can't. That's, that's my take. Listen, we've been doing this for six months now. And I think what you just... I think that's like the longest maybe you've talked relatively uninterrupted since we've done this and I know we we talk about how you know we see the game somewhat the same way but I was literally over here smiling and nodding in agreement with everything you said it, it just I don't I'm not going to repeat it because I can't what you just said made so much sense I don't even want to go into detail because it you can't you can't have it like you said you can't have it both ways you can't say he's the best player or top five player. Frankly, I'm going to go ahead and say it. He don't deserve first team all NBA. He doesn't. He's not. He's, he's not. not. He's, he's not close to first not. team. Right now, his all NBA status is a bit shaky. We're being yeah. honest. Like, yeah. I think he makes it in, but he's one of the guys where a guy that you could put in, you're probably taking him out. Like, yeah. he's like that. He's at that point right now. And just to emphasize your point um, with the corner threes. I saw it. I listened to uh, the gambler. He's the. I'm not saying his name because I. Mm -hmm. I, I was kind of. I followed him. I was kind of like some of his basketball ideas, but the gambler's a shithead. Like I, it, he's yet another list of probably bad human beings that worked for this basketball team. I'm not gonna get into why I realize he's a shithead, but that's a whole another topic for a whole another day. But something he did bring up that was kind of eye opening to me because he worked for the team he he literally got paid to do this shit he's not a fan he's a fan now but he wasn't it's like 
other teams build their offensive game plan by targeting who's guarding Luca. Who is Luca guarding off the ball? And like I heard that maybe a week ago, and then I watched that Pelicans game where that was pretty much the ball has to find whoever Luca's Luca was supposed to guard in the corner, and we dead ass mm-hmm. lost because of that. Like Herb Jones got like eleven shots, bro. Yes, never yes. got so many shots in his life. Never in his life, <laughs> and he's not even that good of a shooter. But if you nope. leave someone wide open enough, hey. They're they're gonna start making some of them, and they and they got confidence. And it was Herb Jones, and I, I forget the other cat. Trey Murphy. Yeah, Trey there Murphy. we go. Three there we three. go. There we go. Three, and four, it's three. just and that, he's a sniper, so that was just yes. So bad that, and then you brought up uh, Devin Vassell back for the Spurs, mm-hmm. and it's like when other teams are are building game plans around your flaws defensively that could be corrected. Those are mental flaws. Those are, I don't, I'm not going to shit on Luca for physical flaws. He's not, he's not going to be able to fucking be Michael Bridges in space. Yeah. His yeah. arms. Yeah. But like that shit is focus and energy. And I am going to shit on you for that. And the truth of the matter is like you said, you can't have it both ways. You can't say Luca is so goddamn good. Dude, Bron play was a, and I know it's not fair because Brian is one of the three best players that, that ever play basketball. Even if you a Brian hater, you got to concede he's at least top five. But I watched yeah. LeBron James take a shitty Cavs team, come out every single night, play it on both ends with fucking, who was he out there with? Booby Gibson and fucking Mo, Gibson Williams, and Mo Williams and fucking Jujunas Ilgowskis. And he brought it every night. And even Kobe, even Kobe, like, and I'm not a, a big Kobe. I wasn't a big Kobe fan. I was a Laker hater. I'm going to tell the truth on that. I was a Laker hater. But, dog, you, one thing you never doubted from Kobe was he brought it. That's one of the most disrespectful things as a fan. That's something that I can't accept from a professional athlete is effort. And and especially a team where I watched Dirk Warner to Nowitzki Look, man, Dirk was a, a flawed NBA player. He wasn't perfect. But that motherfucker got better every year. He came back mm-hmm. every year until Dirk was 33, 34 years old. He objectively got better as a basketball player every single year. He always was in shape. You never doubted that. He was, he was, he was just an institution of professionalism and work. And Luca has more talent than Dirk. Luca is a more talented basketball player than Dirk Nowitzki. He is. Luca's ceiling is higher than Dirk's. I really actually think it is. But I don't know if Luke will ever get there because I don't think he's a worker like Dirk is. I think because the game came so natural to 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 him and comes so natural to him, like Buddy is 15, 20 pounds overweight and still one of the best 10 basketball players on the world and on the planet. And like, it's kind of hard to argue with him. Like as a human being, I understand why he's not in shape. Hell, I like food too. Uh, I listened to the, (laughs) the, the the podcast I'm listening to uh, that I'm referencing that the gambler was on with Bill Simmons. He was pointing out how like, (laughs) like in practice, they used to have like Chick-fil-A lemonade as like the, 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 the drinks, they didn't have Gatorade. They didn't have water. They had Chick-fil-A lemonade and sweet tea. And he was just smashing that shit. I'm just like, hey, that shows how shitty of a of an organization we are. But B, 
I get it. He's a young kid, but fam, I'm going to need better from you now that you're getting 200 million. And I just don't think we as fans should have to give him a pass. It's okay to acknowledge he's the franchise and he has a heavy burden, but also to have higher expectations and not cry like a baby when people point that out. I, I, I just, I, I, if I didn't think Luca was capable of it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pack him up like that. But it's just, there are problems that this team has that as much as, I, I, I do think this team has poor roster construction. There's plenty of flaws that this organization, this roster, this coaching staff has that Luca is not responsible for. But he got to be responsible for what he's responsible for. And I don't, all those, like, losing your man on corner threes, I don't give a damn what roster talent you got around you. is not acceptable. And exactly. I, I just feel like for him to get the the love that a lot of people in our fan base want to give him, he, he just got to be better. He just does. And I, I, I think he will because Luke is competitive. And something, you know, before we get up out of here, I don't know if y'all can hear it, but I'm actually, I was sick this weekend and I'm, the Mavs really didn't ruin my mood this week because this is something that we needed. We need the Mavs to take a step back. It's like, if you've ever in life, like had a secret, you've, you've, you know, held from someone that you always want to tell them that you needed to tell them. And then you finally have to tell them and it's just like a burden off of you. You feel released this team being bad or being, let me take that back. This team still ain't bad. Let's not lie to ourselves. When yeah, Luka, not a lottery team. It's yeah, not. yeah. when Luca plays, we're still like a top six team in the West. Like, let's, that's just, that's not even my opinion. That's, that's the record. Like, it is what it is. They probably still gonna finish top six in the West. When Luca and KP play, hell, you, they're probably gonna end up being like top five. And that's not because they're good. It's just, Dog, the other teams in the West, the West is mediocre now. It just is. But there needs to not be any more lies about what the upside is because, and, and don't get me, don't get it twisted. I'm not some fan that's better than y'all. Shit. Hell, I thought we could have made a Western Conference final runs if, if some shit broke right and KP got healthy back in the bubble. I lied to myself and told myself that shit, even though it wasn't real. I lied to myself and told myself last year, some shit break right. We could have made a nice <laughs> little run last year. I'm a fan. I want to be optimistic. But yeah. even as a fan, seeing this play out in real time, it's like, hey, man, you you, you got to quit lying to yourself. And most importantly, the biggest fan, the person that actually makes decision, uh, Mark Cuban, I think he has to see it because Buddy been at the games looking sick. And the last time we made a big roster shakeup for a team that was decent in season was when Jameer Nelson got embarrassed. Uh, dude, I forget what team we played. I, I I don't remember what team it was, but it was back when we traded for Rondo and Jameer Nelson just got mm-hmm. absolutely embarrassed. Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. I, I it, Like it was bad. You know, Jameer Nelson was an older player. It, he, yeah. he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been starting, 
But we were a good team. We had the, I think it was a, another one of those greatest offensive efficiency teams ever. I think we did have the greatest offensive. Efficiency. I think we did at the time. Yeah. We were on pace to break it. Yeah, we the were at the time. Then we made the Rondo trade and we all know how that played out. Yeah. But that trade happened because he was shamed publicly with a team that was supposed to have higher expectations than they really were. And I, I think it's going to happen. I, and frankly, my last little rant take that I want to get off uh, before we wrap this up for today is um, I've been seeing some lamenting for Rick Carlisle and, you know, Jason Kidd stinks. I saw, you know, my guy Kurt brought up how the rim rate two years ago was 15th. And then I asked him, okay, so what was it last year? Well, it was like 22nd, 23rd. And then he gave, well, Luca became really good at the mid-range. And now we're like last week this year. Well, that's what happens when you're, when he's, when fucking Luca becomes an offensive tackle. That's not coaching, my guy. I mean, Luca is a fucking offensive tackle and can't beat his man anymore. That's not coaching. And I, let me be very, very clear with what I'm saying here. Jason, uh, Jason Kidd probably stinks. I don't think Jason Kidd will be the coach here in, in 24 months, but I'm happy he's here. Because Jason Kidd got NBA checks and has a lot of respect around the league. So he don't give a fuck about what none of these players, Luka included, really think about him or Mark Cuban. He's going to say what he want to say. And even though I don't think he's a good coach and some of the shit I don't necessarily agree with, I can tell you there's no way Jason Kidd is going to just ride with this roster. And oh, no, he, he, his quotes kind of said that. He said the team's not built to play defense. So, yeah. like, yeah. I think they're realizing, finally, like you said, um, I mean, what you're saying kind of ties into one of my favorite quotes, struggle brings about change. Yep. And right now it's, it's a struggle. And he, I think they're seeing it and they're, they're saying, yeah, this, this is not going to go the way they want it to go. Yeah. And I, I just, like, man, I, let's just stop the Rick Carlisle shit. The answer can be that Rick Carlisle needed to go and Jason Kidd is not a good coach. But I've also seen people like my, I got an argument with someone who literally made all the excuses for why Rick Carlisle team stuck, but also shit on Jason Kidd. And he literally has all those same excuses. And I'm just like, hey man, let's this, however you feel, just apply the logic logically. Like that shit doesn't make sense logically. You can't make excuses for Rick Carlisle having a, a bad roster that doesn't fit in some injuries and then say, "Why? well, this team stinks because Jason Kidd is running it bad. They're, they're, we all agree that the roster stinks. And I, frankly, like I said, I think Jason Kidd isn't a good coach. Like I've come to accept that I don't think Buddy is, is, is going to be the answer. But I don't, my point I'm trying to make with all of this is with this roster, I don't think if you could, if you had the best coach, if Nick Nurse coaches team, if any great coach just magically came here to Dallas and coached this team, with the flaws that we have, with the roster construction that we have, I don't think the record would be dramatically different. I don't think we've lost a game due to coaching this year. I don't. I just don't. I just think the team stinks. And I don't even think, let me be very, very clear. I don't think Jason Kidd is a good coach. I'm not, 
I have, I believe there's like a five to 10% chance that he can become a good coach while he's here in Dallas. But I don't think, I mean, I, I ain't seen nothing where, I, you know, I, I like the defensive intensity. I think we play passing lanes a little better than we did in previous years. We play a little bit more aggressive. Um, I think he's had a KP on his butt and made him feel better, but all that shit is cute, but I want, I want them wins, beloved. So exactly. like all that shit in the grand scheme of life don't really matter, but um, that's all I got, man. I just think what we're happening right now, it may be painful Mavs fans, but this needed to happen. Everyone needs to see the reality. We need to, as fans, we need to stop lying to ourselves about I hate to say it about how good Luca is in his current condition and the expectations we have for him. Like if we gonna put him first team All NBA, goat, goat trajectory, you know, we gonna put him in that box. Like it's okay to expect him to be in shape and play defense. It is because the other players that have been in that situation, they did it. You know, mm-hmm. and from a roster, this this. I think Jason Kidd saw it a long time ago, and I think I think that's a part of the reason why he don't play the young dudes. Because if you go through Jason Kidd's previous history, he played younger players. This whole him just running out Boban, like him playing these vets like this and not giving the Moses Browns and the Josh Greens a shot is is kind of new. And I know, as Jay, I know you think they stink. I do too. Don't get don't get it twisted, but. He usually, even on other players, he had this stunk. He usually would give them a shot, and he just ain't doing that. And I think he's basically like, look, this is who we got. They stink. We need to make change, Mark. Nico, once you get Mark Cuban's approval, go make this shit shake. That's my theory. That's my hope. And then once we get a, a, a good roster around Luca, Jason Kidd pisses him off, and we go bring Steven Silas back, and then it's just like, the Milwaukee Bucks all over again, and we can real contenders. That is my, uh, I believe in speaking things into existence, and that's what I'm hoping transpires in the next two years. But uh, that's all I got, man. Um, uh, SJ, did you have anything else you want to hit on? Uh, no, um, I'm, I don't even want to do the national TV league pass thing because the games are, they're not, the only thing I saw on league pass well, then maybe Hawks, Wolves. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, nah, you good. We ain't got to do it this week. I I didn't even, I did no prep work. I didn't look at the schedule anyway. <laughs> Shit, we was at this for hour and 20 anyway. So anyway, we're going to wrap it up here. We thank y'all for listening. Uh, I am Dwight, the vet of the group at 517-2214. Joined again by the young prodigy, the brains of the operation, the brains of the operation in real life. Um, young SJ at SJ Basketball 8. We thank y'all for listening. Um, we will holler at y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>